Welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. My name is Lori and today I'm joined by Tessa who's going to be sharing a little bit about her story with uh, PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis. And for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that endometriosis is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So really looking forward to hearing from you, Tessa. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Tessa. Um, I grew up in a smaller town, homeschooled most of my life. So I lived on a farm, didn't really have friends or anything, but it was good. I learned a lot about animals. Awesome. And whereabouts are you located? I'm in Missouri. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Awesome. So what, um, I mean, it sounds like you are drawn to BPD in some way. Uh, so I think you yeah. talked pre- previously about having BPD traits, just wondering, um, kind of like what your experience has been with mental health throughout your life. Um, it's been really, really not good. Like I used to, I know it was like a young, young child. Even my mom's like, you cried every day, all the time for no reason. I'm like, yeah. And then, um, I remember a lot of suicidal ideation. I found a certain person moved out of my life and they were very toxic to me. And my mom happened to find a notebook I drew in when I was probably maybe, I want to say younger than nine, about ways to die by suicide, basically. And there were drawings and there were, I was not old when I did it. Yeah. So it's been a long, long, long experience with suicidal ideation. And just even looking back, I noticed like a lot of random intense anger emotions a lot of that just so much of that stuff especially like when I found it recently near the beginning of the year and it was just it clicked because like people I've been unofficially diagnosed with bipolar which never fit because I've never had that week two weeks on two weeks off thing it's always been like a roller coaster every day that's such a common experience for people to be diagnosed with bipolar and be like, this doesn't make any sense. So, mm-hmm. and then, so somebody did tell you, you had BPD traits though. Yes. I had a, I think she was a psychologist through like a online app. Cause I don't have any, like I told you, I think on a super feelers that the one psychologist here wouldn't take me cause she didn't deal with my issues. So I found an online yeah. one that I saw temporarily till I found an in-person one, which I'm currently seeing. I saw once, but we're getting there. <laughs> but she was like, yes, you have the BPD traits. And she recommended DBT. Like when she told me I was most likely bipolar, but then I came back and I'm like, I don't think that fit. Oh, so frustrating when people don't listen to us and the access issue obviously is huge too. So Tell me a little bit about your experience with PCOS, uh, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, and what that um, what that means. If you if you have a little bit of a description, don't, like I I have the very the cysts I have so many often, and it's just like intense pain, and I I can always tell because for some reason my dogs like to step in that area. Like if I'm laying down, they they make sure to step right there. 
And my husband doesn't understand why I get mad sometimes. And I'm like, because I always have cysts and they always manage to step right on it. But my diagnosis of that, because when I was trying to get the endometriosis diagnosis, because I knew I had it, but you have to go. Endometriosis is hard to diagnose. That's the issue, right? I was just very persistent. (laughs) Um, But I got, I had a lot of ultrasounds and I hardly ever got the results of my ultrasounds and what was going on. And I was waiting for the results of like the one, I think, before my surgery for endometriosis. And she's like, well, we found some cysts, but that's just from your PCOS. And the nurse hung up on me and I had never heard what PCOS was. I have never been diagnosed with it. No one explained it to me. I even asked my doctor later. I'm like, so what is this? Because I don't know what this is. Didn't explain it. Gave me the official name. They're like, yeah, that's probably why you have cysts. Okay. Oh my God. That's so frustrating. Yeah, there's a lot of doctors around here. Like, um, why I'm a super feeler was last time I went to the ER due to um I was on lomatical, lomitical, whatever I don't know how to pronounce it. But the first time I had I've been on it twice in my life. Recently, both this year, the first time I took it, it caused um feminine bleeding. But it was like a, a lower dose, so I took it for like I think two months, and it caused me to bleed straight for an entire month. But I didn't know if it was the medication or something else going on. So I ran out. I wasn't able to get a refill because I couldn't see my doctor. So I recently got back on it back in August, I think. She wanted me to double it after two weeks this time. So I did that. I started bleeding really bad again, similar to when I had endometriosis. And it was from multiple places. Yep. Been there. That's an endometriosis thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the ER and by the time it was a six hour wait, it wasn't busy or anything, but I guess they were really low staffed. But after waiting for six hours, my bleeding stopped pretty much, but I had already called out of work. So I needed a doctor's note because otherwise I'd get fired. And so I go in to finally see the doctor and I'm like, Hey, this has been going on. He really didn't listen to me. He did his little swab test to make sure I was actually bleeding from there, which at that point I no longer was. Um, I tried to explain to him why I thought the medication was starting that and why it was a problem. He looks at me and goes, I don't know what that even is. So I tried to explain, okay, well, it's for like bi- a lot of people who are bipolar have epilepsy get it, but I'm not either of those. Didn't really let me explain what it was for or anything. Just, okay, whatever. So it was a really bad trip. And then he just told me to find an OBGYN for my dysfunctional bleeding. What? Mm-hmm. And then I, ha- I I found out I was um anemic and low on potassium. And I looked at my own tests and a lot of things were very concerning because like a lot of it, certain things were high, really high and really low that like a lot of it has to do with kidney stuff. And I'm like, do you think maybe you should have looked into this? But that's just, that's the entire town's medical system. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, not believing women who have uterine issues for lack of a better word or pain is like so common from male doctors. Right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, PCOS. So I just Googled it just so that like we know and and they know. So PCOS is a very common pro- hormone problem with women of childbearing age. Um, women with PCOS may not ovulate, may have high levels of androgens, 
no idea what that is, and have many small cysts on their ovaries. So it sounds like that's what you had. Um, PCOS can cause missed or irregular periods, excessive hair growth, acne, infertility, and weight gain. And as somebody who is overweight myself, I often have people ask if I have PCOS. And it's like, no. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of funny because like people just assume that like, oh, there must be something wrong with you if you're overweight. And it's like, well, not really. I just, I don't know. I am. (laughs) Um, I was younger, so I get it. Yeah, totally. So is there treatment for PCOS? Um, I have never been offered it, if there is. I think it's like hormonal treatment you can get, but I I don't want to do that anyway. Fair. So then in terms of endometriosis, so, okay, I'm going to find the actual definition of endometriosis because I feel like the way that I describe it is not great. Um, the way I describe it is like weird, like your blood glo- grows outside of your uterus instead of inside of yeah, your uterus and, and then it causes scarring. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So it's not that bad. Um, and it can, yeah. So it can also affect nearby organs, including bowel and bladder. So when we say that sometimes bleeding happens in weird places. I think that that for me was a situation that definitely happened. And I'm gathering that that's probably a situation that you had. Um, And it's unbelievably painful. Oh my God. Um, I think I like, I think I was one of the people who, when they're younger, just like have it really early on. Cause I read some people can even be like pretty much born with it. Oh, interesting. I read that somewhere. I don't know. So I don't know if it's a fact because I don't remember where I saw it, but I like I started having a period when I was I think 11 or 12 and by the time I was 16 I would always be in such pain like the first time I had to call my mom when she was at work and she had to brush home because I was on the floor crumpled up pretty much screaming and I could not stop the pain yep and around when I was like I want to say 19 ish I started working at Walmart as a truck unloader so that was a lot of physical activity and I would try to work through that but it would just be so painful I talked out but it was a horrible time and about I think I think I went to a doctor about it finally in 2019 I want to say I would think I was like 20 I'm bad with my age I have missing gaps in my memory so that's okay (laughs) But I went to a doctor and she, she was great. I, she doesn't work here anymore, but she listened to me. She went and made me go get a bunch of ultrasounds, but that was cool. She gave me the Orlissa stuff, which is like the only medication they have for endometriosis. And I think it was oh. pretty much brand new when it came, when I first got it. Do you know what it does? I've Cause um, when I got diagnosed, they didn't have any medication for it. Yeah, it was brand new. I don't really know what it does because, again, it was a long time ago and I don't remember a lot. I just, it, it made everything less painful for me. What was and it I called? Or listen, um, O-R-I-L-I-S-S-A, I believe. If that is wrong, I do have a package of it. Or Lissa, got it. So it blocks the effects of GNHR hormone. Oh, so it tells your body to make more estrogen and progesterone. Hmm. Interesting. I that definitely was not an option when I was diagnosed with it. And and I at least at the time, again, this was I was like 18 when I was diagnosed with it, but you basically they had to rule everything else out 
So they had to rule out like PCOS. They had to rule out other cysts, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then the last thing that they can figure out is endometriosis because there's no like good way to diagnose it except for surgery. Is that still the case? Um, For me, it really wasn't. But the first doctor I had, she really listened to me because I pretty much went in there and I was like, hey, I know I have this. Like, I don't remember how I found about I found out about endometriosis, but I'm like, I know I have this. Everything fits. I have the pulling pain. I have this. I have weird bleeding. It all makes sense. So she sent me some ultrasounds to make sure I didn't have anything really serious going on or anything else. And at the time I I had never had a partner. So because I did later on after I'd been taking the Oralista for like two, almost two years. And I had gone back because I needed a refill. And then I found out you can only take it for two years because it causes like bone loss and such. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Lovely. My, I went to go see a different doctor because that one just disappeared off the face of the earth. I still happened to her. No one told me. She didn't like send me any email or message saying, hey, I'm switching hospitals. So I don't know. But um, I went to this other doctor. I also had like really bad bladder spasms. Still do. Don't know what happens, what causes that. But it's great because they always wanted to test me for UTIs. And I'd always come back negative and I'd always still have the problem. Yeah, but I went there and she's like, are you still taking the oral listen? I told her, yeah. And she's like, well, are you, do you have a partner now? Yeah. Well, if you have a partner, you can only take it for one year if you're active in that way. Huh. It causes Weird. like drying. Oh, uh, okay. But I don't know. It was kind of awkward. So then I had to go for more ultrasounds to prove to her that she should suggest that I have surgery. And were you on birth control at all during this? Um, I did get the next one on thing in my arm. Oh, cool. Okay. And it, how long does that last? Is that three months or is that like three years? Three years. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, three years. I got that during my first visit to get diagnosed with endometriosis. So I got the Orlissa and next year I have to get a replace. So cool. <laughs> and so did that help at all like, with the endometriosis? It stopped my periods, but yeah. I also have um, eating issues, which also stopped my periods. So I really don't know what did more for that. Yeah. Cause I, I have an IUD and it stops my periods as well, which is the best thing in the universe. Yeah. Uh, people are like, ew, isn't that like gross? And I was like, no, it's literally the best thing I've ever yeah. done. But for me, it's the same thing where like, because because it stops my period. So I had the surgery when I was like 18 or 19. And then I got the IUD during my first surgery and then it stopped my period. So they had already removed all the scar tissue um, around my uterus and my other organs and whatever, and then got the IUD so that my periods wouldn't continue because the issue with endometriosis, at least my understanding of it is that if you continue to get your periods, like you can have the surgery, they can remove all the scar tissue, but there, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Right. And it's so like, like I, it's a chronic thing. Yeah. So I get, I, I guess that you would probably have to have the surgery regularly on like a certain interval if you didn't stop your periods. So yeah, I've had an IUD for nine or 10 years now and like it changed my life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The next one on and all that was is has been amazing. Anything that stops it because the doctor when I went to the ER, he's like, Well, just make sure you get like on the pill or something to regulate your periods. And I'm like, I don't even want a period. If I had an option to just remove that entirely, because I don't want kids. So yeah, me neither. Removing that option would be wonderful. Like if yeah. I want kids, I'll adopt. Totally. Me too. Or foster. There's so many kids yeah. in the world that yeah. And I think. Yeah. I mean, I literally was like, I, at, when, at the worst of it, I was like, give me a hysterectomy. I was like, I literally don't care. Uh, nowadays I'm like, okay, no, don't do that because that causes like all a whole bunch of other issues. Yeah. <laughs> and like the IUD fixes it. So it's fine. Like, yeah. Like I don't really want to do that, but like, that's how bad it gets. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can just take out the organ. It's easier that way. Um, yeah. and I also don't want kids. And I sometimes wonder if, part of the reason, because I know a lot of people who have endometriosis and PCOS don't want kids. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I, I always wonder, and this is not to question whether or not women are going to change their mind or whatever. Cause I hate when people yeah. tell me that I'm like, no, I don't want kids period. But I always wonder if there's like something in the back of my brain that's like, you don't want kids because you've always known you probably would have issues with fertility. So it's Mm -hmm. just easier to not. And because you live with such chronic pain associated with your uterus that like, holy shit, I don't want to add anything else to my uterus. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how I feel. I mean, granted, I, when I was a kid, like, um, I was raised Christian. I'm not anymore, but I was raised Christian. So when I was a kid, like I knew where babies came from, but I didn't know how they got there. So I thought. I always had a theory, like, when you get married, God gives you a baby inside you. So I remember, like, bawling my eyes out, like, I can never get married because I don't want to have a kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe I was Like, I was bawling and devastated. I was never going to get married because I didn't want a kid, even though like, then I grew up and I'm like, well, I'm pretty much asexual. So it's fine anyway. But (laughs) yeah. And you could also not have kids if you don't want to, which is a lovely, lovely thing. Even though Um, I'm not on that. Yeah, totally. So can I ask about the asexuality thing? Oh, absolutely. So I, like, I've never really been attracted to anyone. Like, I have my husband, and I guess I would be attracted to him in that way, mostly. If it's even on that level, people are. Because I've never been able to look at someone and want them to touch me or want to touch them. or I'm just not about it. Like, if anything would happen to where I would, like, not be with my husband or something would happen, I would never want to be in another situation. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Interesting. And when did you kind of just like notice that for yourself? Um, I remember being younger and like people would talk about dating and I'd be like, I really don't have an interest in it. Like I don't see people more than friends and I never had. So I started looking up like because people would be like you know with the kid thing oh well you just haven't found the right person. Not that I was ever looking because I didn't care. Right. But I don't remember how old I was, but like by the time I found the term of it, I think I was probably like 18, 17 in there because I had had a friend that was talking about it who was also that. And I'm like, is that what it's called? I'm that too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was like really validating to hear like that there was a word for it. Yes. Because there's so many people in this town, like with the kid thing, 
I had a, a lady at work who always likes to frustrate me in the worst way. Like she tried to bring up someone that I, I literally told her to fucking drop it at work because I couldn't, the triggering bad memories, not a good situation. And then she was like, well, when are you going to have a kid? And I'm like, I don't really want them. Well, does your husband? Well, I mean, he, he does, but like, he knows how I feel. He knows about my personal issues. Oh, and he still married you? You're like, look, he's welcome to go have a kid if he wants to, but I don't know how that's going to work biologically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm like, if you want one, you can have one. You got to take care of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I hate that. I'm so, like, over the fact that women are just expected to want to have kids all the time. Does it make sense? To the ER, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up. The, the the first thing the doctor said to me about bleeding was, "Yeah, it's probably like pregnancy bleeding." Okay, didn't take a test or nothing. I know I'm not, but okay, let's go with that. Yeah, like okay, it's really easy to just give you a pregnancy test. Like, why wouldn't you just do that before you make that assumption? Yeah, well, I mean, he, they did, and then later he had like one of the nurses backtrack it because he really didn't want to deal with me because I was already a liar. Why were you a liar? Because when you did the swab, there was no blood. And, you know, since there was no, uh, you know, hours after it stopped. Yeah. And because everybody just loves sitting in the emergency room for eight hours. Yeah. Just just for fun. Right. Yeah. That's how I wanted to spend my day off. Or, well, not technically off, but it was it was off after that. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying. So what does it what does endometriosis and PCOS look like for you now? Like, what is the pain levels? Do you find that the, um, the arm shot thing is help helping and yeah. What does that look like? For the pain, like I get this still. And cause I don't regularly get a period unless for some reason I'm having a weird reaction to medication. Um, it's, it's painful when I do have one, when it decides to pop up, I still get this is right. Which I think I just said, um, but it's not terrible now, but I know eventually it's probably going to grow back and I'm going to have to get another surgery and I'm going to go somewhere else to get the surgery because when I got my first surgery, it was from a male doctor because he's a surgeon and he didn't believe I had it. So the day before I go in for surgery, I sit down or the, whenever they do the thing where you meet and they tell you what's going to happen and all that stuff. I don't know if that's the yeah. or but he's like just so you know because he didn't believe I had it sometimes people don't really have what they think they have and we do the surgery and they feel better after (laughs) I'm like okay you're gonna find it but okay and they did find it right yes they did I can't tell you where what's the point he he didn't tell me where he found everything or anything but I said I'm gonna follow up because I couldn't stand it yeah that's fair that's, ugh, I was lucky. My, my surgeon was a woman and she was great. And she believed me a hundred percent. Like she was like, yeah, like you definitely have this, but the only way to diagnose and treat is for surgery. So to hear like, oh yeah, it's just a placebo. Like, well then what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's so stupid. Why would you cut me open if it's just a placebo? I think you like to surgery on people there he's he's given a lot of people hysterectomies that actually didn't need them and they found out later so oh shit great yeah that's terrifying yeah 
I work with several women that he gave hysterectomies to, and then they found out later they really didn't even need one. He tried to get my, my, I'm assuming this is fine to talk about. He tried to get my mom to find one or have one because she was having a lot of bleeding problems. First, she goes in there and he tells her, okay, you're having a miscarriage. Well, she can't have a kid. Then he tells her, he told her something else. And then he tells her she had cancer. And, and none of those had, were true. No, she had um, polyps and had to get them taken care of. But she went to a different hospital because he's like, finally, you just have to have a hysterectomy. And mom's like, I want to get a second opinion because she also doesn't want to do that because it comes with a lot of other stuff. And that's your parts. Like, you just don't want your parts taken out. No, that's a major surgery. Mm-hmm. I had people pretty much tell me when I was having problems with endometriosis and I was like, trying to get the surgery but didn't know if I was going to get it I forgot who but they're like well you know if you have a hysterectomy that's fine because you don't want kids anyway so like I deserve to have my perks taken out because I don't want kids no there's actually other things that your uterus does for you like hormone stuff and yeah yeah. oh my god people are ridiculous well I'm I'm super glad that that you were able to eventually go like to another doctor like for other things um because that guy sounds like an asshole and he sounds like he needs to be investigated yeah so how did slash does all of these like chronic conditions affect your mental health sometimes it's really difficult like not just dealing with like pain or you know even stressing about hey when am I gonna have to have surgery again because I inevitable eventually I'll probably will have to have it again but it's just like ways you get treated by people like when they find out oh you can't have kids and they make you feel like you're broken or oh you don't want them so you know it doesn't matter or hey why would your husband be with you you can't do this right so like a lot of self-worth stuff is like put put on to you by others like it's not internal it's just like people are like what's the point internal so it's escalated by all that it's like I already hate myself so now I get to hate myself more Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Oh my goodness. Well, that is, I'm sorry that that affects you so much because it's so unfair for people to just assume that women's only role in this world is to have children. Yeah. That is not the case. The the whole mentality is really big where I live too. Is it like a relatively religious area? Yeah. Yeah, that would be worse for sure. Yeah, less less of Christianity and Catholics, which I'm fine with religion. If that's fine, you know, just just keep it to yourself and don't try to shove it into other people's. You know, just let people mm-hmm. be themselves. Yeah, totally. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in terms of like these conditions or mental health or anything like that? Um, I don't know. Like I have a lot of mental health stuff, but I don't know like what's cool to get into. We can get into any of it. I mean, it's all valid. I don't even know how to go on about like the toxic favorite person thing. Cause that was Mm. a big problem in my past life, past life. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, So what did that look like for you? Um, so I'm just going to put a warning mom. If you listen to this, just tune out now okay so I had grown up with someone I'm not saying like relation to or whatever but they were pretty much my only friend and so they were my favorite person because one they're my only friend and I just 
you know, looked up to him. And so they would do like a lot of deviant, devious shit to try to get, I would say kind of narcissistic, not like arbitrary diagnosing or anything, but it seemed like that because it was like the classic, I'm the only person you have, no one else cares about you stuff. And that was like when I was very young too. So I grew up thinking that, you know, everyone else likes me more than you. You're just, and it was a lot of that. They they would start fights between me and my parents by making it look like I was doing bad things or um, trying to get on their nerves when I was like told one thing and then they were told the uh, different thing. And I never saw that person as the problem. And things eventually escalated to different types of abuse. From that person? Yes. Mm. And, like, I I blacked a lot of it out. But I remember one time I was, like, reading a, a story about, I think it was, like, Lena Dunham or something. And yeah. that whole controversy with her yeah. and her sibling. And I was sitting there and I was reading and all of a sudden, like everything clicked, like, oh my God, this is what's been going on with me. And I like, they were in the room with me and I looked up and I just had like this pure, like horrified look on my face and they, yeah. And it was really hard. Cause like, I realized like all the abuse that had gone on at that point. But, like, I still loved this person so much. It was ridiculous. And then it was, I think a lot of, like, BPD symptoms showed up then, too. Because, like, I would just switch from, like, loving them, hating them, loving them, hating them, lashing out horribly. And it was really bad because it was, like, around my parents and they don't understand why I was lashing out at that point. (laughs) And then I'd feel really bad. And it was really really rough and then eventually they moved and I kind of tried to keep in contact with them which made it worse because at the same time I hated them but they're my favorite person and I wanted them to love me I didn't understand why they would leave me and the only resolution with that is I just found a way to cut them off entirely as much as I can without them still in a way being a part of my life but not to where I had to deal with them Right. Yeah. You have like good boundaries about it. Yes. Well, they don't even live around here. I just might occasionally hear about them and Mm. it's gotten, it's been, it's been a good while since I've had to actually like see them or anything to the point where it's less triggering. I know I have PTSD from that all still like I'll have moments where I used to not do as bad, but I've noticed like since I moved in with my husband and such, I'll have moments where I don't know where I am. I think he might be that person. I don't know what's going on. Luckily, it's never been like where he's awake because I don't know how I react to him, like interacting with me in one of those moments. Cause like I'm sitting there and I'm questioning my reality. Right. And it's really bad when I'm stressed out. I've done it twice at work. I'll be like in an aisle because I work on the I'm, I'm overnight though, so it's not too busy with people, but like I'll be in my aisle and all of a sudden I don't know where I am. And it's weird because it really didn't start until last year where I've started doing that. 
Interesting. Did something happen last year? Um, some relationship problems. That gotcha. Got me in, in some horrible anxiety every single day. Working through it. Good. <laughs> yeah, work through it. Anxiety is so brutal. I'd have a panic attack before I went to work, and then I have a panic attack on the way back home <laughs> every day for like over a year now. Oh god. Yeah, that's so shitty. A friend of mine has like really bad anxiety about work specifically and he he like was off for a bit and then realized like, "Oh my god, I have a panic attack like every day because of work." And I didn't realize this. Yeah, and I just was like, "Fuck, that sucks so bad." Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was really work or just like the whole situation that was going on at the time causing me major anxiety. But like we could be the combination. Probably like work, work, it sucks. Well, not the person. I was just say the first time I ever like had self-harmed it was at work. That was my commonplace to do it. But the first time was when I was like 13. Right. Yeah. So that's been around for a long time. So yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you definitely resonate with BPD symptoms. It's just like the actual diagnosis part's hard to get. Yeah. Like I started going to a new therapist, which is actually in person. It's just a drive to see her, but she, I, I didn't know she could diagnose me or not. She's like, well, I can't actually give you the diagnosis because when I put BPD, they thought I meant bipolar. <laughs> I'm like, no. Classic. But no. And she told me that she can't technically diagnose me, but she, after a few times of seeing me, she can give me the recommendation or whatever to go to the person that does do diagnosis. That'll be super interesting then. Cause like, I mean, that's why we don't require diagnosis for things like super feelers or for guests on the podcast, because there's so many issues with trying to get diagnosed that it's like, we don't want to limit people who know that they have it or self-identify with the diagnosis or have similar symptoms and don't identify with the diagnosis, right? Like at the end of the day, we all have very similar issues around attachment and emotion regulation. Yeah. Plus all of the other symptoms that we have, right? Um, yeah. And whether or not like a, a formal diagnosis is there is kind of irrelevant, right? That's how I think. Because I mean, you you can either get a therapist that just doesn't want to give you that diagnosis because of stigma, which is horrible. And now I notice it a lot. Like I noticed that we watch a lot of um, trial cases, and there's oh, yep. been so many. So many where they're like, well, they have BPD, so you know, and it's been like almost every serious case we've watched. And I'm like, I don't think they do. Maybe they do, but it's not like they just give them that excuse because then we like actually analyze them. It's just, it doesn't even fit the diagnosis technically. Yeah, Jody Arias is a good yes, example of that. Well, <laughs> because like we were watching your case and he made some comment because he has dark humor. And then they were like, well, she has borderline. And I'm like, fuck, turn, turn it off. I mean, to be fair, I, she she definitely, because I've watched that trial like three times because I'm a freak. And she certainly has borderline traits, if not a diagnosis, but it doesn't mean you stab someone 27 times in the back yeah. and then shoot them in the head and then try and cut their head off. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. you can have both things, like, but it doesn't mean that BPD is the reason that she did all of that because that was pretty fucked up. Oh, I love that. I love that case though. It's such an interesting one. Um, it really, that trial was just like reality TV for me. 
but yeah anyways every once in a while I'm like oh I'd love to do like a trial diet like a trial mini series on Patreon of like all of the cases yeah but then I was like I don't know I don't want to like aka I can't diagnose people and b I don't want to like sensationalize more than it already is yeah that's true too but it is super interesting I watch trials all the time on my own too we watched um one with the school shooter guy oh okay yeah 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 and, Cruise or that too, and I'm like I don't I don't know because I know personally we're we're very um impulsive and like mm-hmm. everything was very 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 planned right did they say and he they had Yes, they said he had borderline, and that's why he did it. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was on the more recent trial, I think, like, the last, the latest one when he got his sentence. Shit, and I, I like, oh, God, I was so upset, because I'm like, I, I, like, my husband doesn't very, he, he doesn't do his research on stuff, so I don't want him to, like, Google the basic symptoms and then see all that and think I'm going to, like, fly off the handle eventually because I I I I have never hurt anyone the most I ever slap his foot (laughs) wake him up because I was very 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 upset and devastated at that moment and the last thing I wanted to be like honey can you wake up so we can talk about this right (laughs) some of us have challenges with anger that result in violence but yeah I mean I would say that at least none of the violence that I've ever caused is calculated by any stretch of the imagination at all. No, it's just, you get triggered and you just kind of, you, you do your anger thing and then you get over it like 20 minutes later. Yeah, exactly. Which is why we definitely don't have bipolar. <laughs> awesome. Well, is there anything else you wanted to chat about before we wrap up? I feel like we really, really were able to cover like a lot of um, information about PCOS and endometriosis and just like the um, the challenges that people face when they try and get treatment or diagnosis especially from male providers about this issue is like so important to talk about because like you said like the reason that you were able to pu- push through is because you just like wouldn't give up and like yeah. I wish that that wasn't the case that we had to do that. I wish that people would just believe us for the pain that we're experiencing out like right from the beginning, but they don't. No, so when when somebody else doctor, well, you know, well, she's pretty much in your head. Okay, but I'm on the floor crying because I hurt really, really bad, and it's yeah. not just a little pain. Yeah, it's you know, it's not normal period pain. Because yeah. not everybody around you is puking every time they have their period or can't walk, right? Yeah. Or just but, like randomly crumpling over because, oh my God, there's like this intense pulling all of a sudden and I can't move. I can't stand up. Exactly. Yeah. But people just don't seem to believe us. So I think that's such an important kind of thing to end on is just like, you know your body best. Yeah. So fight as hard as you can and as hard as you need to. Yeah. And if to make sure that people listen. You, find a different doctor that will totally totally awesome well thank you so much tessa it was super super nice to talk to you hi friends thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bold beautiful borderline podcast Lori and i are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast 
If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.